Hi everyone, I'm Steve Tudor and welcome to The Friday Show. It's a show that changed channels the other night and 28 days later came on, because frankly it felt a little bit too close to home. Joining me today to try and make sense of some very strange days indeed, while anticipating some stranger days still to come, is Howard and Jack from the Daily Mail. Good morning Howard, how's your temperature today? Morning, uh, it's okay at the moment, I can relay that sale City Centre is totally out of toilet roll, so as right. you'd probably expect. I thought it was just a running joke on Twitter, but yeah, ast- astonishing to see. It, it's scary when you see it. I saw it yesterday in Aldi, and um, you know, half of an entire aisle absolutely bare, and um, an older gentleman really concerned and asking, like, you know, a member of staff when they're getting some in next. And like I said at the beginning, it's strange days indeed right now. Um, good morning, Jack. How are you today, sir? I'm all right. I'm all right. There's a distinct lack of mums with prams around Didsbury this morning. It's all very quiet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. I noticed that too yesterday. I walked around the town centre, and it's definitely quiet. So um, maybe people are actually starting to self-isolate already, and yeah, ignoring the so. uh, the government's apathy. Uh, but we'll move on to that very shortly. We'll begin, obviously, with footballing matters. It's been um, a very strange week indeed. Lots of developments that's just happening thick and fast, really, to the extent where it's a struggle to catch up. Even right now, just before we've gone on air, there's been an announcement by the Premier League that all games will be postponed now, uh, suspended, sorry, until the 3rd of April. That includes all FA competition games. Um, so firstly, to get your, your thoughts on that, Jack... Uh, the, definitely the right thing to do, but probably come uh, a little bit too late. I don't think anyone's been particularly proactive with it. Um, I mean, there's there's an example in the Football League, actually, with um, Aquidson were due to play Portsmouth away um, tomorrow. And for some reason, that was going ahead, even though Portsmouth had come into contact with Arsenal after Arsenal had come into contact with um, Marinakis at Olympiakos, but they were still... They were still going ahead with that game, which, which I found very strange. Even if, even if no one from um, Portsmouth had uh, shown any any symptoms, mm. um, the whole I mean, the whole thing's just back to front. Uh, it's moved, it's moved way too quickly for the people in in power of uh, the authorities. Who, um, I don't, yeah, I don't think they've I don't think they've been proactive enough. Uh, you wrote a story concerning the Premier League last night, didn't you? Yeah, they did, so the, the Premier League clubs. Um, are pretty angry with um, with the league um, mm. for, as I said, for a, for a lack of um, lack of proactive uh, proactiveness. Um, they believe or the clubs believe that the Premier League should have been thinking for themselves. Uh, obviously, most of them wanted the league suspended as it's as it's now um, as it's now been done. Uh, but as of Thursday afternoon, probably late Thursday afternoon, when I last took a call on this, people were telling me that basic questions about whether they were to allow they were allowed to allow fans into the game on Saturday uh, weren't being answered properly. Um, and I don't I don't know how that could be when the games were scheduled two days out. I don't, the message from the Premier League was. Oh, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. We're taking our leave from the government. Where there's got to come a point where you just make a decision for yourselves. Well, um, sorry to interrupt. But the the communication's you, been a shambles, hasn't it? This whole week, really. Yeah, I mean, the, the Premier League. Would, I think the Premier League were the last major footballing organisation not to make a statement on mm. it, um, and obviously they were kicked into action 
by the um, after the news about Mikel Arteta last night. But then it leaves me thinking, like, not even the incident or the situation at Leicester shifted. I think in yesterday, yeah. Like even even after Leicester, the, the games the games were going ahead. Watford Leicester hadn't even been postponed at that point. Uh, and you just get you know talking to people, you just get the impression that the Premier League didn't want to suspend the league. They wanted to play behind closed doors, which would have which would have gone against the groundswell of opinion among among managers. And I think I think Pep was the first one to come out. Um, earlier in the week and say let's just call it off for now I mean it's, there are things that are much more important than than league games at the moment well Howard how have you kind of viewed the past week as regards to you know a the lack of communication and, and most importantly I guess you know the, the kind of idiotic, idiotic decisions being taken what goes very much against public opinion as well I mean the perfect example for me would be um, Atletico Madrid and Liverpool on Wednesday um, Madrid being one of the worst hit cities for coronavirus um, and suddenly thousands of, of Madrid fans were allowed to kind of travel over to Merseyside and it just seems such a bizarre sight, very much out of kilter with, you know, other areas of life. Um, how did you view that? Yeah, that was, that's a standout. That was a terrible, terrible decision to allow the away fans to travel. I mean, if you're going to have a game, then they must be stopped travelling. Uh, but, you know, because Madrid was, I think, already on lockdown. It's uh, astonishing. Uh, I think, I mean, me personally, you know, just knowing nothing about it and thus having, relying as we all are on what, what experts tell us, I think mm. this week has, the football authorities had to be more proactive than, like, me or you, the man in the street, the woman in the street, about what, you know, how serious this was. And we've, <laughs> they should be prepared. Governments, all the organisations should be prepared for this. A week ago, it, it felt like a, a nightmarish scenario that wasn't really involving me. But this week, yeah. everything's changed so much that it's become very, very real, I think, to pretty much everyone. I mean, everyone globally. It's, yeah, it's moved at such a fast pace and it probably should not surprise anyone that of government, you know, the football organisations have been too slow on this. And, it, you know, the consequences, not for me to say, because we don't know, but there could be dire consequences in not moving fast enough on this. At the first hint of trouble or possible problems, you should always be, you know, caution in the extreme, basically. Yeah. And But we know it's a personal thing as well. We all... We all know that in the small scheme, of, you know, scheme of things, football don't matter, sport don't matter. It's people's lives now. But we're all thinking about how this affects us economically, financially. People in the gig economy are going to be destroyed by this. And whilst I'm not saying it's right, it doesn't surprise me that the football authorities' first thought was probably, let's try and keep going and get this over the line for the end of the season, for what must be really for economic reasons. Do you go along with that, Jack? Do you think primarily it was an economic decision um, as regards to them kind of dragging their feet on this? Um, yeah, I mean, there's obviously ramifications with the broadcasters uh, who are the parties they want to they want to keep happy. Yeah. Um, and that's the I think that's a major thing. I also think there, you know, there is an argument for uh, the Premier League and other authorities to wanting to keep to the schedule given. No one knew 
a few days ago that the Euros could be put back a year, which now speaking to people looks looks likely that they're gonna that's gonna be in twenty twenty one, which gives leagues a little bit more leeway over well, a lot more leeway over what they can what they can do and how they rearrange fixtures. That wasn't didn't seem to be on the cards earlier in the week. Uh so I think there was a lot of worrying and, and panic about what the schedule would look like. Um and obviously if if I mean this is all hypothetical, but if the Euros kind of continued as the as it was uh, as it was planned to do, that does probably open up the possibility of completely cancelling the league, which I mean that's uh, anarchy, isn't it? Which I, obviously that's what they didn't want to do. Yeah. So I, I think I, I think there's there's two main elements to this. You, you're completely right that the monetary um, thing is massive, but also I think it's important to stress that the scheduling I think was a was a big thing as well. Well what concerns me, um, you know, if if a Euros are indeed moved as it looks likely now and the season kind of, you know, resumes at a later date, um, you know, there's no perfect solution. That was clear right from the start. Um and some of the problems that's kind of been brought up that I've seen on social media today, you know, are a concern. I mean, should the season resume, you know, much later, let's say June or July or August? Um, what about players whose contracts end at the end of June? Um, are you are we going to be looking at different squads playing? Uh, you know, are new players going to be allowed to to play? Um, also, of course, one thing which I've just saw on on social media earlier, and, and no one else seems to have picked this up, is we're kind of simplifying it to the extent of okay, these are fit footballers. Once you know they're, they're given the all clear, they're good to go. Well, of course, that's not the case. Essentially. They might need another preseason again, wouldn't they, Howard? Yeah, I mean the logistics are just we can't even comprehend at the moment. As you said, mm. just think of one take one football match, City against Burnley tomorrow, and you've got the people involved in putting that game on. Uh, let's say it was a live game, you know, just to set, to broaden the scope of what, who's involved, the players, the security, of course, the stewards, the fans going there, the public transport aspect, the the people behind the bars and outside, and and of course, yeah, the first of July, there's, there'll be a lot of players who, insurance-wise, probably can't play for the football club if they're out of contract. There's so much to mm. be, you know, this is all to be thrashed out, and it's going to take time. But there's the logistics of of it is staggering for what is a you know, and a global sport as well, biggest sport in the world. It, the ramifications are huge for so many people. It's so intertwined in our lives and been <clears> devastating <throat> for a lot of people. So who who knows where this goes? To be honest, I don't. There's you know you could even argue that the option is that it's next season that doesn't happen, and we wait until we can do you know until it's safe for everyone to be out and playing football and watching football and congregating together, and then we finish off the season and have a break again. But that's you know again it's speculation. It's just there's no idea for now. We it's suspended to the third of April. I'd be absolutely amazed if there's any football. I would assume by the third of April it'll have been suspended for even longer again. Yeah, yes, yeah. it yeah, will be on an upward curve. So we're really not looking at anything until June. We're probably not looking at the Euros happening. A pan, yeah, you know, a, a pan Europe <laughs> uh, competition. Not good timing. But even if it was in one one or two countries it probably would have been obviously because people are flying in from all over the place, all over the world that was, it's highly unlikely the Euros happen now 
So it just is a probably a case of pausing, postponing, and for me, carrying on where we left off when the time is right. But the logistics of doing that, as we've already mentioned, are staggering. That I don't think it's so far, think it's just not going to be easy. What whatever is decided now is is going to be a wrong decision for a lot of people, basically. I think with the with the the contract point you make um, with contracts running out, running down in in June, the there's got I think there's got to be a degree of flexibility yeah, with yes. those. Yeah. Um, and football is capable of flexibility when it wants uh, when it wants to possess it, uh, and you wonder whether players might then enter rolling contracts, uh, which is yeah. something that that works lower down the leagues, um, which is you know. Obviously, as Howard says, it's kind of speculation. It's hypothetical. You don't know how. You don't know when football is going to return. But if that's you know, if they have rolling contracts for three or four months, I don't think anyone would um, would be too upset about that because effectively the clubs are retaining their players and the players are still earning their money. Well, that brings up a point really, which we kind of touched on in the in the, in the last pod. Um, fairness, you know, where. There's going to be so many situations where clubs or players or fans or or indeed broadcasters can say, hang on a minute, this isn't fair. And, you know, once it's all kind of um, come to pass, which hopefully it does, and we all kind of move on again, that's when, you know, legality kind of comes in and people say, well, hang on a minute, you know, I want a refund for this or I want to challenge that because that's not fair. Um, And I know that's a whole different kind of hypothetical ball game, but... Is there a possibility that this almost is so such a serious situation that it's going to be universally almost an exception to the rule where, you know, if someone says, for example, um, you know, I've lost out on my remaining kind of games on my season ticket, I want a refund. Well, you know, the counter to that is, yeah, it's because it's coronavirus and it's a pandemic and it's sweeping the globe and it, it's, you know, the most serious thing that's happened to us in our lifetime. Um, can you see kind of challenges coming arising in the future, Jack? Where you know, like I say, like broadcasters too, uh, they they've invested a huge amount of money into the game. Um, won't they can be put out if, for example, the season's cancelled altogether and say, right, we want a refund for these games that are not being played? Yeah, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be challenges, and I'm sure football fans have looked through the fine print and. <laughs> Yeah. Season ticket, uh, season ticket applications to have a look to see if there's anything that kind of covers this sort of stuff. But the short answer is, uh, the modern world doesn't give refunds, mm. and I don't think there will be any. I, well, I could be completely wrong, but I can't see broadcasters getting money back. I can't, unfortunately, I can't see fans getting money back. Yeah, um, because that is the that is the world we. The world we live in now. I mean, that would have been different 40, 50 years ago. I think a lot ago. of it is what but clubs will be making expected, or some will just will make gestures. Yeah, I mean, you could dr- yeah. you could really drill yeah. down into it. It's I kind mean, of that- obviously um, accounts wise, a lot of accounts are um, take into consideration kind of forecasts of revenues and things like that, and then it becomes really, really yeah. messy. I doesn't mean, it? The yeah. Premier League clubs can afford to do this, but there's Obviously, a lot of league clubs, EFL clubs, whatever, that are, you know, already on the edge financially. Not just how they deal with the fans, but the future of the clubs will now be under threat. Uh, but, 
you know, you hope the clubs at the Premier League, who none of them are struggling, of course, because they're in the Premier League, uh, do make some gestures. Obviously, like the season tickets, a separate issue. But I, I paid forty pounds for the Real Madrid ticket. Uh, now, if it never happens, they'll obviously have to refund. Yeah, uh, cup yeah. tickets, but season tickets, they may dig the heels in. But then again, you know, someone said on Twitter that the people that were going to work tomorrow at the ground that relied on that income tomorrow, uh, I would hope, would hope that clubs make some gestures to those that most need it in the coming weeks. Yeah. I was talking to a manager in who, yeah, manages a club in the lower leagues yesterday and he, he was predicting that his club would lose between 1.5 wow. and 2 million between now and the end of the season. Which but league? Which, which, just on, just, just on, uh, that was in uh, wow. one of the bottom two divisions. And, and it's, it's um, fair to surmise that if that's the case, kind of across those bottom two divisions, there's going to be clubs that you know quite feasibly could go out of out of business. Yeah, yeah. I, you can't. I don't think you can survive that. No, I don't think you can. And it's and that figure that he gave me was just solely based on home uh, or match day revenue. Yeah. yeah. So the actual number would be a little bit higher than that, uh, and it's a worry. It's a massive, a massive worry for us. It is because the key thing of this is that you know, in a way, football don't matter anymore. It's the health of the you know those around us that's the most important thing. But yeah. you can't not ignore that this will affect people's lives. Those that don't get it, you know, it will still affect their lives in a devastating manner. Uh, and we, as Ace and said, yeah, you know, we're in a situation none of us will ever have experienced before history is in a way so uh, for yeah. the, you know, we are a football podcast so I think it's okay that we we focus on the football side of things it will devastate the lower leagues especially I think yeah well they struggle to stay afloat yeah. in pre-season or in the close season mm. so and what's that that's six weeks yeah um, eight weeks and you know if this goes on for four five six months there's going to be some serious, serious problems at some historic clubs. podcast once. I think it's how the way, it explained how the way clubs get money. It's preload. A lot of it's preloaded earlier in the year. Obviously, the season ticket money comes in, and the you know the prize money at the end of the season. So then you get to August, and they're already struggling. You know, running out, so to speak. So if that money's not piling in at the end of the season, yeah, it'll have devastating effects. Well, I, I appreciate this is a hypothetical, but really, generally speaking, we are all just talking hypothetically yeah. right now about everything. It's so much so mm. unknowns out there. But is there a danger then, with that in mind, that if clubs are going close to the wall, um, and let's say we are five, six weeks into uh, a period where many people are self-isolating and kind of, you know, uh, what's the word, kind of social distancing or whatever, um, boredom may kick in at that point. Clubs may become desperate. I mean, is there a danger of kind of football returning prematurely, kind of too soon? Hmm. I don't. Well, who would make that decision? Again, hypothetical. Yeah, well, it depends who makes that decision, doesn't it? Yeah. The clubs, I can't see them. I don't know. The club, you see, today it's been unanimous in the Football League. So forget the Premier League, who can afford not to play football for a few weeks. That's obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the football yeah. league, they, it was unanimous. We want a suspension of football, so they've not acted on economic reasons. They, it's quite clear the football, the players themselves, just really do not want to be on a football pitch. 
yeah. obviously for obvious reasons, and I don't, and I can't see that changing until the players feel totally safe. Now, if the odd owner here or there is desperate and tries to lobby others, then yeah, that might happen. But without a unanimous decision, I can't see it really making much difference. To be honest. No. There's an iron, ironic contradiction here in that the EFL and their owners and all the stakeholders in those three divisions need the money more than anyone else, but seem to care more about their paying yeah. customers mm. than the top flight. Yeah, I saw the tweets from them. So you mentioned Appleton Stanley earlier, and um, the owner of it, and what you tweeted today was was very commendable. Or was it yesterday? Um, you know, it's it's inconceivable that kind of owners of Premier League clubs would do similar. Um, of course, you've got more of a community spirit, having you kind of a lower, lower down you go, um, and ultimately, I think that's what's going to get us through all this kind of a community spirit. Um, okay, well, let's look, have a look at a different aspect to all this, um, because of course, our main focus is on the football itself. But football these days, as we all know, is far more than just you know ninety minutes of, of kind of back and two. Um, you know, there's content. There's analysis there's the media there is kind of discussions endless discussions on social media about our clubs and and our rivals uh, jack working in the media how what's been the vibe like this week is is there a fear out there within the sports media that frankly there's a possibility that for a good few months there's going to be no content out there there's no football to talk about there's no transfers to talk about it's it's purely going to be coronavirus which you know will be shifted towards the front pages rather than the back yeah i mean we've um at the mail we've done i think we've dedicated five pages a day to coronavirus this Mm. week since tuesday i would say uh i think there might be if you include the live football behind closed doors last night i think we actually covered basically seven pages today of coronavirus um I think there will be there will be enough because uh, the vast majority of us that work in the national press are all trained news journalists yeah, yeah. rather than sports journalists. So um, it's it's just a, it's a shift in focus. Basically, it's kind of you becoming uh, becoming bona fide news journalists for a couple of months, which many of us won't have a problem with. I wouldn't have thought. Um, the thing that I'm saying this to Howard off air, and this is this is selfish of me as someone who works in the media because obviously there are far greater things going on at the moment or more important things going on but what astounded me yesterday was that the suggestions that pre-match press conferences would be off post-match press conferences would be off but they were still going to play the games in front of 50, 60,000 people but the managers and uh, people within sport are too precious a commodity and too important yeah. to speak to twenty five people from behind a desk. Yeah. I don't. I just don't understand that whatsoever. I can't get me around it. Um, and the you know that would have that would have ramifications in the sense that we would be handed quotes by clubs which are endorsed by clubs uh, and interviews done by clubs in-house which then dilutes, uh, obviously dilutes the content because why wouldn't it? Uh, And then you have a situation whereby if that goes well and the Premier League and the clubs are happy with it then who's to say that that doesn't continue? Which, Which 
completely does the consumer out of um out of news. well i've I've considered that this week actually that kind of aspect um how you know I'm not suggesting that people can be twirling kind of mustaches in a cartoonish evil fashion, but there will be people out there in a multi multi billion pound industry who things will occur to them that they can take advantage of this. Uh, and that might well be be one aspect. I mean, another aspect, a more general aspect, perhaps, is should the season be cancelled, or clubs at least vote for the season to be cancelled full stop, then don't they need a majority to do that? And then you look at the clubs in the Premier League right now, and who would vote for the Premier League to be scrapped completely um, beyond the April 3rd kind of point, then, you know, it's in Norwich's interest, isn't it? It's in Aston Villa's interest to do so. Um, it's in Manchester City's interest to do so. Spurs have had a, a, a poor season. Wouldn't it be good for them to just kind of scrap it and move on? Um, are we past that point with today's announcement, or could that still happen where clubs essentially vote to kind of just, you know, write off their poor seasons? Um, that'll those sort of discussions you would have thought will take place at the beginning of April if we're yeah. still in the same situation or in a far worse situation, which is what people are predicting. Um, but that, I mean, that comes, I guess that comes back to what we were talking about at the top of the show, which was how long does, how long are they allowed or given f- to finish this season? And Howard was saying kind of, you, as it obviously has a knock on effect onto, onto next season. We don't know, do we? It's everything so up in the mm-hmm. air that it's impossible to kind of predict or call what might happen. But if, if we're in this situation in six weeks' time, eight weeks' time, then you, I don't know. You, would you have to at least consider cancelling the league? I mean, they're certainly saying at the moment that that's not on that's not on the cards. But then, if you, I don't know whether that's just kicking the can further down the yeah, road. Yeah, yeah. It's just maybe it's a cynic in me, but you kind of look at the situation and you think there will be people out there trying to kind of take, you know, use it for their own advantage, um, and just kind of looking at the ways that they might do that. Um, there's so how many how many sorry how many clubs in the Premier League do you reckon would want to well I was looking at that this morning it, it kind of fascinates me I mean certainly the, the clubs towards the bottom you would expect to, to vote for that wouldn't you um, and, and absolutely those in the bottom three um, but then yeah you've got your Spurs you've got kind of you know Manchester City um, I, I don't know about there are kind of ones where you're just really not sure of the Everton Manchester United etc um, I think we know which way Liverpool would vote. <laughs> um, but perhaps there's a slight majority there who, who would just be happy to say, okay, let's just scrap it now. This has happened. Let's just kind of look towards next August and start anew. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen given today's announcement. Um, I was more sure of that yesterday than I am today, but I still think there's a possibility of that happening. What's your take on it, Howard? No idea. I... T- yeah. I think it actually is yeah, very possible that it will there will be lobbying. This will be as you said, we've got to write you know, people got to talk right and discuss football when there isn't any for a few weeks. So this will absolutely dominate apart from who's got coronavirus and what the clubs are doing and behind the scenes type of stuff, speculation on where we go from here will just dominate the news cycle now. Uh, yeah. and I think for at least a few days at least no one's even the the clubs won't be thinking about that, but eventually they'll have to start making a decision. If if that April the fourth or third is extended, that's when 
it will really dominate a news cycle because that's when it will come into very clear focus that a decision will have to be made on this. I, the logistics mean I can't really give an answer on what should happen, but I've said before, it's the, the season should be allowed to finish at some point. There's just too yeah. much at stake for too many, and not just in the Premier League, but down the leagues. You know, it's, we're now talking all the leagues, and ignore Liverpool win the league or who gets down. You know, that playoff final in the Championship is called the. It goes up every year. It's the hundred and fifty yeah, yeah. million pound game. It's the seven four I billion. Think it's four billion by now. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you can see what's yeah, we're talking money again, and it's like it shouldn't really be about that. But in the real world, that is what it will be about. When when they're making these decisions, it will be about money as much as prestige and which division you're in. It will be the numbers, and it's worth so much to get into the you know into the Premier League. That's a Leeds. Think of Leeds and mm, West Brom. I think it's top two. And, yeah, yeah. There's so much at stake. It's impossible to say. Personally, I would like to see the season end, but we don't know when we'll be able to play football again. So it's impossible to say what should happen until we know when a football match can be played. Well, I mean, I happen to agree with that, but just kind of playing devil's advocate, is there also an argument that can be put forward for scrapping a season where you could say, okay, well, every club's played you know, 30-odd games to determine their fate. They've had ample time now to kind of, you know, to determine their fate. Um, For example, City can't very well say, well, hang on a minute, we were just on the point of catching Liverpool up. Or Norwich can't say, you know, hang on, we we fancied our chances, we we fancied mid-table. You could, there's an argument that can be made, say, you know, a sufficient amount of the season has happened now, where if it is ended at this point... um, and Liverpool are given the title, for example, and the, the relegated sides are relegated. Is, is that a possibility, or, or too fanciful, Jack? Well, if that was if that was going to happen, then Bournemouth would go down by one yeah, goal. Yeah, uh, there are three teams on twenty-seven points at the moment in sixteenth to eighteenth, and Villa would go down having played a game less, that's, and the win would take them outside the bottom. That's three. what. Yeah, when I was looking into it, and it, it's it's the basically one game less what really kind of screws it up isn't it it's just not possible um, yeah because they could, you know they'd have to play that game of course and then and football's resuming again so okay well here's another hypothetical then um, Jack what's your take on this I saw this on Twitter today I think it's Peter Brody on Twitter um, he suggested he floated the idea that the season should be suspended until August then the remaining fixtures should be played Following that, immediately following that, should be a truncated new season where everybody plays each other the once. And then in the summer following that is the postponed Euros. Um, just kind of, you know, on a, on a personal note, how do you respond to that? Do you think there's there's logic in that? Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's logic. I mean, a hell of a lot of things would have to... <laughs> yeah. have to fall into place for that to, for that to work. Yeah. Um, it, my immediate thought would be would Man City like to play Liverpool away as a, in a one-off Premier League match and not have the opportunity to play them at mm. home? Probably not. Uh, even with that, um, even with that scenario, there's a lot of unfairness there. That's six um, nations in, and yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, and I'm just, <laughs> I think there'd be too many clubs against that, um, particularly if things fell. Um, fell against them um, and we're seeing the rise of kind of legal challenges and all sorts at the moment aren't we so you wonder whether 
clubs who were to get relegated or whatever and then miss out on, as you say, four billion a year or whatever <laughs> they are now, um, would then launch challenges against whoever's made a decision. It's just, I don't know, it's 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 hard to get your head around don't, anything. I don't like think you can have a league, a league season where they play each other once that would count in the record books as a proper league season. There's that as well, I yeah. Don't, yeah. So I don't think it can be done. When, he's first, when you first read out the idea, I thought, not bad. And the Euros could be done in the winter, like the next World Cup, maybe, if it's a truncated mm. season. If the next summer is taken for other stuff, like Nations League or even the women's international games at Wembley, which may clash dates-wise, because Wembley's got a lot of the matches, of course, in the Euros. Uh, I just don't think the record books, you know, that would be a very big asterisk that you'd have next to it if uh, if everyone only played each other once. An even bigger asterisk than the uh, than the VAR season. Mm. Yeah. Well, quite, yeah. yeah. It, it, and that's huge. That's the thing. I, I was I was talking to someone last night, and and I mentioned you know VAR now, um, kind of city and, and the problems with UEFA. It all just seems kind of so last year, doesn't it? It's like redundant stories. All of a sudden, it's an incredible turnaround in such a short space of time, and that brings me to to something else that's only just occurred to me just before we went on air, where I saw someone on Twitter mention this. Just simply not even occurred to me before now. But should the season you know, be postponed to um, you know next August, for example, or or should it be scrapped altogether? There is a possibility that we will never again see David Silver in a Manchester City shirt. Can, can you see that happening, Howard? Yeah, or even worse, <laughs> his last three games are behind closed doors or something. Yeah, uh, I would storm the stand <laughs> to watch that. I would not accept that that he played the last game behind closed doors. I would find a way in if. If this happened then, and football was allowed in the summer, I'm sure a game would be arranged. So it wouldn't be a competitive game. Yeah, the testimonial that. Yeah, no, I don't think there's a testimonial planned, is there? Or I don't know. Uh, no. Something no. will be done so we can see David Silver again. So it's. I know that's a horrible thought, but to be honest, right now it's not at the top of my list of priorities. That that's no, I'm just trying to bring it back to football. It's not because... the way. Yeah, we want it to end. It's not the way we wanted it to end in a way uh, like this. But uh, you can well, say I that mean, about a thousand different imagine... aspects of football. We didn't want it to end this way. That's just one of the <laughs> yeah. many factors involved. So, imagine if his last game was Sheffield Wednesday nil, Man City one in the FA Cup yeah. on yeah. a Wednesday night that no one wanted to watch. Yeah, it was a classic though. So. <laughs> Well, I was just trying oh, to... Buddy, I wasn't even watching, Buddy. No, no, I actually considered turning over. I genuinely considered turning over for the Spurs game um, on, on about 60 minutes. I was like, oh my God, it really surprised me that I, you know, my thumb was hovering above the uh, button there. But that was one of the drabbest games I've seen for quite some time. And yet, right now, I would take that all day long. Yeah. Give me drab football. Give me really boring, tippy-tappy football where teams just knock it around the back with no ambition. Just... Give me the worst of football right now over this, uh, any day of the week. But yeah. Give me Brexit over this. <laughs> Steady. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's end on a somewhat lighter note, because should football be postponed, cancelled, voided, whatever you want to call it, uh, from now until the foreseeable future, what will fans argue about on Twitter? <laughs> what we discuss, it's, there's just a huge chasm there. Because we have to do it. We have to take one side over another. Um, how do you think this will play out, Jack? Do you think there'll be kind of 
huge arguments online about which is bet- better between the Wire and the Sopranos. Uh, well, that's I mean that that'd be preferable to what is going to happen, which is going to be mass arguments about politics. Yes, yeah. Which I know you wanted to end on a light. No, right? no, you're right. Um, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, it will be the discussions will be, and that's that. Yeah, and you've seen it already, and it's oh god, it's mm. uh, it's just drain. It what is draining? I I I said this a couple of times on here. I find football Twitter completely draining, mm. and quite a lot of the time, I want to delete the app off my phone. And I hate the fact that I wake up and read it and I go to bed and I read it <laughs> and it's part of my job. And if I was born 20, 30 years before I was, I wouldn't be on Twitter. Um, I'd have been in the industry long enough not to need it um, and I would have railed against getting it. I just despise it. Mm. It's, just, it's the worst. It's the worst of society in... Uh, in a, in a small in a small space, and the worst thing about it is that you're choosing to read it. So who's at fault? Yeah, yeah. we should have had you on for our Twitter discussion between me and Howard. <laughs> you would have fit in straight in there, yeah, because that was pretty much the conclusion we came to. Um, so, so Howard, will you be kind of avoiding Twitter in the future? Because it is only going to get worse in every way. I can't no. Jack says I go into it. Go. Why am I looking at Twitter? Why? Yeah. I mean, when there's breaking news, it's the best place to be. I ha- yeah, like, to you to but I have to say, Howard, I've got to say as well, though, the last two days, Twitter has come into its own. Yeah. It, it is going to just descend into uh, politics and, and division and, and trench warfare. Uh, but in the last couple of days, with the developments happening so quickly, um, I have personally found it invaluable for information. Mm. I, there's a lot of misinformation out there, of course, but if you're able to kind of weed that out, I personally thought Twitter's come, you know, come to the fore the last two days. Yeah, compared to just reading one. But with, with breaking news, I end up. But breaking news, you end up reading the same stuff over and over again. Mm. Yeah, like this morning, the Premier League made the announcement that um, taking three weeks off. Hundreds of tweets <laughs> saying exactly yeah. the same thing. You're following too many journalists, that's why. <laughs> well, yeah, probably, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You, you want to follow like kind of. Yeah, some people on my timeline who I haven't checked, you know, in the last five minutes, but I can assure you will be calling the Premier League all kinds of names. That's far more entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) That is what the arguments will be now. There'll be weeks and weeks of fans arguing over how the season should be decided, which could Mm. be even more tedious than... I mean, it's a valid discussion to have, but it will go on so long with so many tribalistic viewpoints that it will make FFP. You'll be praying for the return to discussing <laughs> FFP. Uh, but I think we're, we've got a cookery show planned for next we week, do. haven't we, Steve? We do. <laughs> and I've got a perfect idea for it as well. You tweet um, about pineapple on pizza, and then suddenly Twitter's transformed. Everyone will just be taking sides on that, and no one will be talking about football altogether. Cool. There's only one side on that, isn't there? But definitely pineapple should be on pizza, yes. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, nice yeah. one. Oh, we all agreed. Brilliant. <laughs> I genuinely wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and and I, am, <laughs> I am considering doing a quiz with just audio clips as the questions. So what could possibly go wrong with that? A, a lot, really, yeah. yeah, yeah. Quite you've, been, you've been considering this for quite some time and I've been a bit kind of um, standoffish with it. There's a lot of flaws to that. Yeah, well, still, I'm still doing it. I'll never get broadcast, but I'm still doing it. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, or, or the seventh. No. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, let's wrap this up and get back to um, 
all these breaking news stories and see how the world's changed in the last half hour. Um, thank you very much for joining us today, Jack. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me. And thank you, Howard. A pleasure of sorts. <laughs> um, please check around all the uh, Night 320 platform. There's loads of blogs, loads of pods, really good quality, kind of diverse stuff out there to go and check out. Uh, and until the next time, just look after each other, everyone, and up the blues. <laughs>